Well, good morning, Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is great to see you today. Can we welcome our Appleton campus, online campus, with Germantown campus, just everybody? It is a great day at Life Church, and to see what God has done and what He is doing is just amazing. You know, it was three years ago uh, this spring that we launched and started this Heart for the House campaign to basically facilitate, in a physical sense, what God was doing spiritually and numerically at the Germantown campus. And uh, I preached a message three years ago called Vision for the House, and to launch this six-week series. And I, I think it's healthy sometimes that we go back and we look at what we said, and then we evaluate how it actually worked or didn't. I think, uh, I think that uh, Peter Drucker, the, the father of modern management, said that it's healthy for every organization, every business, uh, every church to always ask what's, what's business and how's business? What's the mission and how are we accomplishing mission? Because what happens is over time and, and just life, it just vision kind of leaks. It just kind of leaks out of the, the, the bucket, out of the pail, if you would, of, of vision. And so we have to constantly go back and fill that. So I want to do that today. I, I'm not, you're not on the hot seat. I'm on the hot seat. So I want to go back to some statements that I made. And let's just see how that played out. Some, some things that we said. Um, and, and I challenged you three years ago with this statement. What would happen if I truly surrendered everything to God? What would happen in my life if I truly surrendered everything to God? If I gave God my kids, if I gave God my future, if I gave God my spouse, if I gave God my home, if I gave God my job, if I gave God my finances, if I gave God everything that I had in a true sense of just complete surrender, not surrender to Life Church, not surrender to another person, but just surrender to Jesus. I challenged you out of 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 5, as you're getting ready to build this house, this temple for God, the Bible says, Now, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? Who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? The word consecrate is kind of one of those big Old Testament words. Who's willing to surrender themselves fully before God today? It's interesting that they asked that question and that they asked that of the people of God before they went in to build the house of God. Because any time you do something in a physical sense through the local church, there is a spiritual warfare that takes place. I don't mean to be super spiritual. I'm not one of these kind of people that think that there's a, a devil around every corner or, or an angel. I, I just, but, but the Bible says in Ephesians that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual entities. The Bible also tells us that part of what God gave Adam to do, mankind to do, us to do, is to subdue this earth and to have dominion over it. Nothing has more dominion than when you acquire a piece of property and you develop a piece of ground and you work that in such a way that you own it. Everything fights against you as a church. Ask any pastor who's ever led a church to build a building or to buy a piece of property. It is a full out, all you can do to get that thing done kind of a battle. Why? Because it takes a full surrender before God. It takes a people who have a full surrender towards God. And it takes something that only God can do. And that's give you complete dominion in that area. It's the reason why in the Old Testament, 
The Bible says that wherever your sole of your foot shall tread, the Bible says it will be yours. It's conquering the land. It's taking the promise of God, the, the vision that God gives you. I talked about that heart for the house would, would be what God wanted to do in and through you and in and through his church. This would be a journey to discover, uh, to define, to activate God's vision for life church as well as God's vision for you. See, the key to vision and the key to all of this is, is understanding this, that vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. That's what vision is. Vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. Proverbs 29, 18 says that where there is no vision, people perish. So how does vision work? I gave you a, a passage. If you want to turn there, you can to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk is a minor prophet in the Old Testament, so it's towards the end of the Old Testament. If you need to go to the table of contents, completely fine. Uh, if you have a digital uh, 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 tablet or, or smartphone, you're able to probably just kind of go and, and download that. But Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets, so that he may run who reads it. That's got to be really simple if you can run and read at the same time. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But in the end, it, the vision will speak, and it, the vision, will not lie. And though it, the vision, tarries, wait for it, the vision. Because it, the vision, will surely come, and it, the vision, will not Terry. Habakkuk kind of tells us how vision works. And again, this is a message that I preached to you three years ago. Vision is first given. God has to give the vision. You have to be fully surrendered to the Lord to hear that vision. Secondly, vision needs to be written. Written. It needs to be written simply, plainly, so that you can run and read it. Next, vision is declared. You've got to speak it. That's scary. Because there's a lot of people that have spoken a lot of things, and they don't come to pass. One of the things that I discovered in this whole journey is that as we are walking this out, is that a number of you came to me and said, I've been a part of churches that have done building campaigns, yet they've never seen the building built. I'm sorry. I think there were probably well-meaning pastors and leaders that were leading, and there were probably some extenuating circumstances. But one of the intentions that I've always had is that never to stand on this platform and say, thus saith the word of the Lord. Never use what I call the God card, because the God card's a trump card. It's the ace. You can't beat it. And at the end of the day, when you play the God card, you better know that you've heard from God. When you say, thus saith the word of the Lord, you better know, because according to the Old Testament, prior to what Jesus did on the cross, they would take the false prophets, those that would declare the words of God that didn't happen, and they would stone them and their entire family. Pretty harsh? Yeah probably would help us a little bit in the church today from people saying, God said, God said, God said, God said. Well, let's just go back to what his word says because we know that's what he said. Faith has to be, excuse me, vision has to be declared. And when it's declared, vision is faith. I kind of created a word there, faith. It takes faith to declare a vision from God. It takes faith to declare something. The Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's speaking things that are not as though they are. The world calls that crazy. God calls that faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And lastly, vision is realized. There it says in verse 3, wait for it. For though it will not tarry, it will not lie, it will come to pass. 
you will see a culmination of that. How do you know if a vision is from me or from God? Well, God's vision is always bigger than me. God's vision is always bigger than you. It's, 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 it's bigger. Next, God's dream or vision for your life or for the, his church is impossible to accomplish without his help. It is impossible to accomplish without his help. Without God intervening, without God being a part of it, there is no way that it happens. The Germantown campus, there's no way that this facility gets built without God speaking to you and to me and joining with us to do this. And last, God's vision is always compelling. God's vision draws you. God's vision keeps you. It's something that, that, that keeps you involved. It, it, it keeps you. The, the reason why I'm standing on this stage is because the vision that God put in my heart years ago as a teenager, sitting as a 13-year-old kid in a local church, going one day, I have a dream of a church that will be filled full of people of all nations, of all ethnicities, of all social economic backgrounds, where those that are up and over and down and out can come together, where the white collar and the blue collar can come together, Republican and Democrat, don't shout, shout me down when I'm preaching good, can come together, and we can, the common denominator can be Jesus. The common denominator is not the pastor. The common denominator is not a building. The common denominator is not a denomination. The common denominator is not anything made by man, but it's but Jesus. Because the Bible says when Jesus is lifted high, he will draw all manner, which means all kinds, all ethnos, all socioeconomic backgrounds to him. That's God's vision. So today, what I want to do this weekend is I just want to take a few minutes and I just want to celebrate what God's done through your faith and through your faithfulness. Life Church, because of you, and because of you listening to God, and because of you trusting the leadership at Life Church, what we are sitting in, this facility, which simply facilitates what God's doing at the Germantown campus, has happened. I want to define a current reality on where we are at Germantown. Appleton, I haven't forgotten about you because I'm going to show you some things today that are going to connect with you because this isn't just about Germantown. This is about what God wants to do, not just in the, in, in the, in the city of Milwaukee, but also what God wants to do through Life Church in Wisconsin. And, and then I want to share some vision for the future of where God's going to take us here at Germantown and where I believe God's going to take us at the Appleton campus. And so, Appleton, I know that you weren't around for the journey at the beginning. Matter of fact, you've been along for this journey for just right about a year. And, um, but but I, you're going to be a part of this, and, and I, I want you to listen because I want you to see, because what you're seeing is some things that have happened in one location that I believe God will repeat at your location and other locations around this state as we're faithful to him. Where you are, Appleton, is where we were about 10 years ago. And I believe that what you're going to be able to see through today are going to be stories and illustrations that will build your faith to believe what God wants to do, not just at Germantown, but in Appleton and throughout the state of Wisconsin. So let's celebrate for just a minute. That'd be a good time to say, yeah, that's great, awesome. Everybody wait? Oh, yeah, okay, all right. So anyhow, here we go. Since we've opened the Germantown facility, not quite two years, there have been 2,004 first-time guests. These are people that have never been to, to, to Life Church before. They've never signed a card. They've never been a part. Out of those 2,000-plus first-time guests, there have been 540 first-time decisions for Christ. Not rededications. That's awesome. 
Amen. Those are people that have never, ever, ever, according to what we have, given their life to Christ. They are first-time followers of Jesus Christ. And out of those, there have been 86 that have followed Christ in water baptism. That's great, man. When you realize that 80% of churches in America are evangelical, so that's every, every Protestant church in America for, for the most part, won't see one person come to faith in Jesus Christ in an entire year. You, in less than 24 months, have seen over 500. You have seen more baptistries are dry today because people aren't coming to faith in Christ and there's no one to baptize, but not at Life Church. As a matter of fact, we have done so many baptisms on this stage that we now have to structurally go in because of the water and figure out how we're going to, to basically kind of strengthen that part of the stage because we've had so many baptisms. Because these are just of the people that have come in of that 540. See, every one of these numbers is a person. They have a story. And, and, and I'm just going to kind of give you, out of some first-time surveys that we've had just in the, in the last uh, since we've opened the facility at Germantown, some comments that have been made by people that this is their first time experience. That they've, these are their words, not ours. The first thing I noticed, this was Laura. The first thing that I noticed was the amazing facility and staff that you have for children. I have two young boys, and they were excited to go to their classroom. My youngest son is usually very shy and doesn't like being left in a class. But when I picked him up, he told me that he wanted to come again and that everyone was, quote-unquote, super awesome. Anthony said, I first noticed the casual atmosphere. My old church would have been horrified if people came in jeans. I always thought that that was silly, for God doesn't care what you wear. I was also struck by the number of young people. It really felt like a growing family and not a dying old parish. Kara, Life Church is a place that welcomes all people and works on making the learning environment relevant to everyday life. Andrea said, I love how welcome my children and I were. I was moved to tears by the genuine passion of the singers and the people there. I literally, no exaggeration, we have hundreds of comments from first-time guests in the last two years that echo the exact same sentiments. And you're going to hear some more of those stories today. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know that people are coming to Life Church that need Jesus. I told you three years ago, Life Church, that if we would create seats, God would fill them with souls. If we would express our faith in this way, that God would do what only He could do. And because of your giving, this isn't me, this is you, because of your faithfulness and your giving of your time and serving here in the local church, giving of your talent, your giftings, your abilities, your connections, and also giving of your treasure, that's your resources, your finances. This has all become a reality. See, God does not reside in the buildings made by the hands of men. God doesn't reside in steeples and stained glass. It's not about bricks and sticks. It's about the hearts and lives of men and women and boys and girls. And what you've done, Life Church, is you've created a seat. You've created a place for people far away from God to come and experience Jesus. Life change, that's what we're all about. Let's talk about reality this morning. Now, if you're a first-time guest, I'm just going to kind of dive right in because this is just kind of how we do it at Life Church. We try to be authentic and real. The big picture, the cost to build the facility at Germantown, $5.6 million. It's kind of a big mortgage. It's a lot of money, but it just is what it is. 
Hard for the House commitments when we came before you three years ago as a leadership, the commitments totaled $2.4 million. Now, we knew if you just look at, at those two numbers, there's a disparity between the 5.6 that it costs and the 2.4. We knew that even in fulfilling Heart for the House, we would be a step towards paying off the 5.6, but that it would not complete it. But it's what we needed to do to take that step. Because God always walks in steps, not leaps of faith. So we took the step. And so through December of 2014, you've given $1,447,704. So the projected giving from January through April of this year, so the first four months of 2015, is around $200,000. So the difference or the shortfall between the 2.4 that was committed three years ago and what's anticipated to come in through today, which is the ending of the Heart for the House campaign, is $752,296. Again, I can just be done, and we'll go to the videos if anybody wants to write that check. I'm just giving you a hard time. So the shortfall is around $525,000 and, and unfulfilled commitments. So these are commitments when you look out of the 700 and, and uh, seven, 700 and basically three-quarters of a million dollars, about 500 of those, 500,000 of that is what we call unfulfilled commitments. And these are commitments that have been made and the people have moved or transitioned or uh, for whatever reason, they're not going to be able to fulfill that pledge. Most campaigns deal with this. So this is very typical and common. Uh, basically, it's, what, it's an attrition rate of about 20%, which is what we're experiencing there with that over a three-year period. The, the interesting caveat is historically at Life Church, we have always reached 100% of our commitment within the time that we've said that we would. We've never been at a place where we've ever dealt with attrition. So we have a shortfall basically of $227,296. So what do we do with that? How do we bridge the gap? What happens if we're short on that? I'm glad you asked that question because I think you need to know this is your church. I don't own this church. It's not Aaron Cole, Inc., right? So uh, this, is, this is your church, and so I'm here to serve you as your pastor. Basically, the general fund, which is the tithe that you are so generously supporting the church with, will absorb that. When it absorbs it, it basically will come out of other ministries that we have and operational costs that we will reduce in order to make sure that that happens. And so in, in, in basic, basic terms, what's happened is, is when we started the project, we looked at it financially as a church to make sure that we wouldn't be uh, in a situation where we couldn't handle the mortgage or handle whatever the debt load would be, that we were very comfortable with where that was as a leadership team. When I say leadership team, I'm talking about the executive leaders of the church, uh, the staff, as well as the elder board. Uh, and so we were in all complete agreement. There, 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 was no, there was no distance on that at all. And felt like this is what we have to do to be able to take that step of faith to do what God wants us to do. In doing so, we knew that we would be able to handle that mortgage. But we also knew that if the $2.4 million came in, it would leave us with about... Uh, a little over $3 million to have to pay off the rest of what that would be and that we'd be able to finance that a lot through the growth of the church and through tithe. And, uh, and so that's kind of where we are today. So here's what I want to kind of give you a little bit of vision uh, for the next eight months or so of 2015 of how we can actually bridge that gap and what we can do. Again, everything that you give today at this special offering at the end of the service that we've prepared you for 
And again, if you're a first-time guest, we're not asking you to give anything monetarily. This just happens to be the weekend that we plan, that we've been preparing, that everybody who's made a commitment to the heart for the house, we've been communicating to you weeks and even months into advance of what this is and what's going to be happening today. But in 2015, we're, we're, uh, it's not about another campaign. It's not about a high-pressure thing. If I can just really be honest with you, if I never had to do a building campaign again, I'd be totally fine with that. I have pastor friends of mine that love that. They do that all the time, but I'm not one of those guys. Uh, raising money for missions, love it all day long. I believe that the tithe belongs to the Lord and that the local church needs to steward it and live within its means. Uh, we don't have a line of credit or something that's out there that does that, but buildings are just what we need. Now, if everybody would be agreeable to, like, we could have a couple of propane tanks and some tents in the parking lot, I'd be fine with that too. No, okay, so this is what we need to do, right? All right. So here's the deal. Some of you may have the ability to help other people finish. What I mean is you finished your Heart for the House commitment. You may be finishing it today or you've already finished it. And so in 2015, you may have the ability to kind of help some others finish. Val Ron, I asked her if I could use this with permission, so I have. She sent me an email, and we basically contacted everybody who had made a commitment or had finished their commitment to let them know about this weekend and what was happening and be very thankful. And this was her response to me. Just so you know... And she'd already, they, her and Don had already finished their commitment. This is what she said. Just so you know, I will continue uh, to give to Heart for the House at $150 a month, probably till the day that I die, LOL. Regardless if you stop, I won't. And I just loved her spirit and her heart, her and Don, behind that. Because, again, great churches, listen, are not built on some fat cat that drops some big offering or big check. There were no major contributions as far as significant, big, I'm talking 200,000, 300,000, 500,000 million dollar gifts. It was just, it's done by people like you and me, weekly, quarterly, monthly, just giving sacrificially. People like Don and Val, who've been here from the beginning, just saying, this is what we're going to do. And so some of you may be in a situation where between now and the end of the year, you can just continue to do something. That's what Tammy and I are going to do. We, we're, we've been doing something uh, on a regular basis that we're just going to continue to do. And you may be at the place where you can do that. Some of you may simply need some more time to finish. That's totally fine. So this kind of gives you some of that time. Again, we're not going to do monthly Heart for the House updates. We'll communicate to you via email and letter. And so you're completely communicated. But because but we're, we're officially done with the, with, the, with the campaign this weekend. But I'm going to ask you to consider one of two things. Number one, if you've given regularly or you've budgeted uh, and you're giving to Heart for the House, that you would consider just to continuing that for the rest of 2015. So with uh, Don and Val and Tammy and I and others, just that, just say, hey, man, that's fine. I've kind of got this in my budget, and that's good. I can do this. I'm just going to keep doing this on a regular uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, if 300 families, maybe that's not what you can do, and 300 families gave $20 a week for eight months, we would close that gap entirely. So maybe that's you and just go, hey, I, I could do that. And that's something that you could do. Again, not a campaign. We're not going to follow up on the weekends. But if we did one or both or of those items that I just presented to you, a quarter of a million dollars is what we would bring in just in the next eight months that would just eradicate that shortfall to basically meet where we are. If you need a break from heart for the house and giving, take a break. Let me rewind the tape on that one. If you need a break from giving to heart for the house, take a break. I ask you for a three-year commitment. You honored a three-year commitment. I will honor a three-year commitment. 
Heart for the House is not something that's going to go on for the rest of 2015, 2016, 2017. Will there be future campaigns? Probably. But Heart for the House, this is officially, we're kind of closing that part of it. And, uh, and if you have the ability to do more in the remainder of 15, we appreciate it. But whatever it is that God puts in your heart, that's between you and the Lord. This is your money. These are your resources. And this is the only weekend that we're going to talk about it. It's not going to be talked about next weekend or the following weekend or monthly. This is it. Appleton, I want to talk to you for just a minute. So Germantown, just give me one second to talk to Appleton. Appleton, where you're at right now is you're in a theater. There's about 100 of you that are meeting in a weekend there, and you're about a year old as far as being a public launch there in the city on the east side of Appleton. We believe, I believe, your campus pastor, Sean, and Jen Reisenbeekler, we believe that this is a transitional piece to get us where we're eventually going. The Marcus Cinema and the Marcus family has been incredibly gracious and kind to Life Church. We have a great relationship with them, but we believe this is just a step to get us where we want to go. So we have been looking at properties, we've been looking at buildings, we've actually been looking at how we, what we need to do to take those next steps, even to the point of sitting down with construction companies and architect companies and figuring out what would the facility like Germantown, on a scaled-down version, what would that look like and how could we do that in Appleton? So here's what I'm going to challenge you with today, Appleton, that you would make a commitment today for the next eight months that basically everything that you're going to give is going to go directly for Appleton. We did that at Germantown about 10 years ago. We called it the land rush. And we didn't have a building. We didn't know exactly where we were going to be going. But at the end of the day, we knew we had to have capital when God opened the door for opportunity. And so I'm asking you to stand with us, to stand with your campus pastors, Jen and Sean Reisenbeekler, and to basically this weekend on your communication card make a commitment weekly, monthly, whatever you want to do. And every single thing that you do at Appleton and that you commit there will be staying at the Appleton campus, and it will all go towards your future. So as you listen to these stories today and as you hear this today, I hope that your faith is expanded. Everybody, Germantown, Appleton, online, I've given you a lot of numbers and a lot of information. But I've always said from the beginning that this has always been about people. It's not about dollars and cents. It's not about bricks and sticks. So I want to take a few minutes as we close this service out today, and I want to show you. I want you to judge for yourself your investment that you've made, your investment that you've given, the final miracle offering that you're going to give today at the end of this service, and the commitment even, Appleton, that you're going to make. Is it worth it? Has it really resulted in lives? What's really happened? I want you to check this video out. Good. good. How are you? I'm good. So, I have to ask, do you guys know why you're here tonight? No, we, we don't. I have no idea. Okay. Well, tonight I want to I want to show you something. And not just not just you guys, but the hundreds of people that have given and sacrificed to Heart for the House. It was 3 years ago that we began this journey and we began just kind of praying and dreaming and asking God what he would have us do. We began giving sacrificially. Reason why is we were running out of seats, as you well know, and if we're gonna reach more people, we gotta provide more seats, which meant building a bigger facility. 
And so Pastor Aaron asked you, you know, what can you do to go home, to pray, to seek God, to say, what can God do through us? To pray as a couple, to pray as an individual, to pray as a family. And so I just have to ask, what was that experience like for you guys? It was exciting to think that we were growing as a church and we could be a part of that, that we had a chance. It was like, oh, we get to get in on this. So I thought that was neat. But then the next step is, then what are we going to do about it? In terms of what God was asking us, um, for me, it was something that was above and beyond what I had sure. in my heart you know, wanted to do necessarily or thought I would want to do. Came up with what we felt the Lord laid on our heart to give, monthly pledge. The agreement. We the agreement that we agreed on. I was praying some more and the Lord laid something else on my heart that we should give another 10% above and beyond our 10% that we already give, whenever we received bonuses or any, any birthday money, any, any, any extra money that we received, we gave an extra 10% of that just to build, besides the pledge to Heart for the House. Well, you know, we said it since the beginning that it's, it's never been about a building. It's always been about people. It's about people who have yet to experience the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And since we've opened the, the facility here at the Germantown campus, we've seen hundreds of people come through the doors for the first time. We've seen many of those experience Christ and, and give their lives to Christ. We've seen 86 people get baptized. And so tonight, rather than me simply just tell you about the life change, I thought we'd show you and just show you just a few of the stories, just a few of the people who have experienced life change because of people like you creating more seats. We haven't been going here super long, maybe a year and a half, um, but about three, four months prior to that, we were in um, the worst place we've ever been in. We've known each other since we were 14 years old, and um, eventually, over a period of time, we got married, and we thought things were going great, and uh, we, were, we, were, we were separated, and we were ready to just throw in the towel and call it quits, and. Um, it was during that time that a friend of mine encouraged me um, to listen to some of these sermons that Pastor Aaron had, and it did, and it just made me, something just drew me here. And I remember showing up that first day and just sitting by myself, um, just feeling like this was such a great place to be. I'm just so thankful that there was a place and a chair for me. And I knew when I started coming here that it wasn't going to just be a place for me, that there was also a chair for her. She, uh, the Lord was just working on her heart the whole time. And I didn't know, I remember praying so many times in my room by myself, our room, by myself, going, Lord, I have no idea how I'm going to get her back. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he gave me the tools, he gave me the words every single time. And I couldn't believe it now, but we're here together. We've been serving here and, um, we're just so thankful that this place was here and um, we know you guys sacrificed to get us here and we're excited because God's done so much that now it's our turn that we get to sacrifice to hopefully help someone else get here but it started off with you guys doing that for us. I, you know, when we were not together we were kind of doing our own thing and I was doing my own thing but it wasn't the God thing and I saw all the changes that God was doing in his heart and his life. I don't know what we would have done without Life Church and having a spot. I'm just really thankful for all that you've done and 
this is a church home for me. I've never had one. It feels awesome and to have a church family and people who pray for you and care about you and um, it's just been a really, a really awesome experience here. So I thank you so much. I grew up in the church. I did. And um, I lost my sister who we were only like a year apart. We were pretty, pretty close. And I lost her from a heart condition when I was 16 years old. And you know, you blame. And I blamed God and I turned my back. And I lived a crazy, crazy life. And um, I ended up becoming a mom at a young age. And um, in and out of abusive relationships, you know, just kind of like, just wake up, do your thing and, you know, go back to bed and redo it. I battled anxiety all the time. Couldn't make a decision. It was just awful. And I was just searching and searching and searching. I tried changing, my, turning my life around. I got married and had two more kids, but I still had the anxiety and that emptiness that I could never figure out how to fill. And I had some friends that came to Life Church and they encouraged me to come. And I just, no, you know, no, 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 no. And they kept encouraging me. And finally, during the launch, I came to Life Church. And I'll never forget it. I came here alone, but I didn't feel alone. I felt like this was the place for me. And every week after that, Pastor Aaron would talk. And I felt like he was talking to me. And I developed this wonderful relationship with God. It's a really awesome feeling to know that God has a purpose for me, and I would have never known that if it wasn't for people like you. So thank you so much for your sacrifice thank and you. putting these chairs here. It's not about the building. It's about the people. So I just have to ask again after now hearing three years later, hearing some of the stories, what would you now say about having the opportunity to, to give and to sacrifice to Harford the House? I, I mean, I think it's, it's awesome to see that we've actually had an impact, you know, and that, like you said, it's not about the building, it's about the people that have been able to come here. As soon as a few weeks ago, we still weren't sure that we were going to be able to, to finish our pledge. And um, I did our taxes a few weeks ago, and we ended up getting a, a refund much bigger than what we were both expecting. That was exactly the amount that we needed to finish out our pledge. And now, putting all those pieces together and hearing all these stories about how you know, God has blessed, you know, all these people, it, you know, it really, um, it, for me, it just shows how God was in control of this. We're the blessed ones. We're the blessed ones. ones. You can't all give God. You just, the blessings are far more returned. You just, you just can't. You just want to give more. And I know that sounds cheesy, but I, you know, it's so not about the money, but it has to be about the money because that's how things happen. Because to see these faces, it goes beyond any dollar amount, any tangible material item. When a life is changed and saved, when a young person is engaged in worship, when a single mom has a home to go to that's supported, when an addict finds freedom and experience life without judgment and is loved, and can work through that process of healing in a safe place. 
That's what it's about, and I'm so thankful. We know at Life Church that this is just the beginning, you know, that this is just the beginning of something great, that the best days aren't behind us, the best days are in front of us. And we know that we've been called to do even more than this, to reach more people, to make a more significant impact on our city. We know it's because of people, a lot of people, just like you, that heaven someday will be much more crowded.